Bobby Ann, and today I'm joined by one half of the husband and wife duo, Blair Lott, president and co-founder of Rescue Dog Wines. Blair, thank you so much for coming to talk about snacks with us today. Sure, great to be here. Yeah, thank you so much for being on. I'm excited to have you here. And it's not every day that I get the opportunity to talk with the owner of a winery. So what I thought I would do to get things started um, for this episode is actually finish off my bottle of <laughs> Rescue Dog Wines Rosé. Um, I have loved it. I actually got a sample package with three different types of wines, and I have loved every single one of them. Um, but I'm a rosé girl. This is one of my favorites, and I have loved it. And I'm just going to finish off the bottle while we're here today. Very good. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Rescue Dog Wines. It's a pretty self-explanatory name, right? But what I have to know, um, which came first, the dogs or the wine? Uh, that's a good question. And, uh, and the dogs actually came first, but barely. Um, <laughs> my wife and I were living in the Bay Area, and we decided we wanted to get out of the city and that uh, we wanted to have a vineyard, what was kind of our first love. So when we were looking all over the kind of the northern part of California, Everywhere we went, I would ask about the possibility of doing a vineyard. Or, and Laura would always ask, how many dogs can we put on the <laughs> He's like, we're going to do this. We're going to foster dogs. So that was one of the conditions that if we were going to move to a rural area and be farmers, that, that uh, we would have to foster dogs. So, yeah, definitely, I guess the dogs came first. When we found the property in Lodi, we moved in the first part of August. And right away, Laura committed to a dog, and our first foster dog arrived before our furniture did. Oh. <laughs> so, well, it gave him time to get settled in. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So he he kind of came when we got here, and we all settled in together. And we've done, I think, five or six fosters since then. So we have our own rescue, Daisy, who's over there on the ground. So that's Daisy, and she's kind of inspiration for it all. Um, Laura found her in a kill shelter outside of Atlanta, when right before we met, before Laura and I met, and uh, and so Daisy is about, I think that was about 13 years ago that she found her, and, and Daisy was around one, so Daisy's around one. senior, senior rescue. Yeah, right? she's kind of the mascot of it all, huh? Yeah, exactly, yeah, and she looks very similar to the boxer on our sparkling line. <laughs> oh that's so sweet yeah i love that part of my my snacking nerd quirk is that i love packaging i pay more attention to packaging than most people in a lot of cases i actually shop my wine based on bottles and labels which yep, yep. is not always turn out the best option but i love you guys's labels each one of your labels has a different rescue dog associated with the different flavors and different wines um, how did you guys decide which dogs to pair with which wines? You know, we just kind of talked about it and talked about the personality of the wines. Um, the Sab Blanc, we actually were inspired. So I lived in Australia for, for several years, several years ago. And we have some good friends that we like to travel with. The wife, her name's Bess. Everyone calls her Bess Voss. She's a little bossy, but <laughs> we love her. And and uh, so she's a big Sab Blanc drinker. And they rescue poodles. So we kind of put that together for the Sauvignon Blanc. The red, since it's a blend, it just makes sense to be a, you know, a, a mixed dog. And then the bubbly, I mean, 
boxers are so bubbly in us. And, and then we they have really the ACLs. Yeah, so that, that one just came really quick. <laughs> Rosé, if you notice, it's actually not a specific dog. We're moving more towards the abstract because what we have happening is people go, oh, I'll wait to make this, I'll wait to make that. We may never make that. And we want to, to make sure people realize, you know, it, it's, it is the mission that's first and, you know, not just celebrating our, our, our own pets. We'll have some new labels coming out probably at the end of this year or the start of next year that goes more towards that direction. And, and the, the rosé was kind of the first one with that kind of new thing. Well, it is absolutely adorable. I love it. It's very inviting. It definitely pops. It was like the first one when I opened the box. That was the first one that I saw because it there just really stands out. Um, it's it's absolutely adorable. Plus, it's just really fun. So you said that you have new labels coming out. Is that in addition to new wines or just new labels? Both. Yeah, yeah. So um, we're using the introduction of three new wines we're going to add a Pinot Noir, Cabernet Sauvignon, and a Chardonnay to our portfolio. And, oh, and, those, wow. and those happen to be the, the ones that, I guess, are most requested. So, so we're adding that to our lineup. And, and then as we redo these wines um, that we have now, we'll slowly introduce the new labels on, on these. Do you guys already have some inspiration behind the labels? Yeah, and and they're definitely the old labels or inspirations for the new ones. But like I said, they'll be more abstract. You'll be able to kind of tell what type of dog it is, but it won't be as overt, I guess. So if you have a, so some of them will be bigger dogs, and you can, you know, it won't be a specific big dog. And and anyways, I, th- I think I want to. I don't want to say too much because right. I don't want to be a secret, right? And, but I think people will enjoy the new labels. Be able to see at least a dog similar to their own dog in one of them and, and since it will be you know someone up well that sounds really fun and i know that pet lovers just really they really are attracted to their own type of pet um even if they may not even be like a chardonnay fan it's possible that they can even buy that bottle just because it has their <laughs> exactly. dog on it yeah, yeah, yeah. um so i i love that idea and i think that'll be really fun We're, i'm excited to see what you guys come out with i will definitely keep a close eye on any announcements and uh, keep the audience updated as well as we look out for those so Absolutely. that little little behind the scenes hint i know that's exciting for everyone on your team i'm sure yep, yep. Uh, has, how has that been with um i know that 2020 has been a crazy year for food and bed um, oh yeah has that <laughs> has that delayed any of your launch at all or are you guys still pretty on schedule it has, it has delayed a lot of our into retail launching we started out as a online only business so that continued to do well and actually grow you know a fair amount because people are at home and it's easy, it's nice and easy to order and have wine sent to your house we were planning on really launching earlier in the year into re- retail and we're just now doing that in the, the past few weeks congrats on that you know oh, even you. you know moving forward slowly is still moving forward so exactly. congrats yeah, yeah, yeah thank you that's great and i have to say i was very impressed about the online ordering um i am actually in san diego so okay. i had mine shipped over it came in it was perfectly packed. I was not worried about anything that was in the package. It was perfectly packed, and it came in very speedy. Yeah, so well, good, was, good. Yeah. That's always good to hear. <laughs> so you guys are doing a great job with that. Um, and when you got started, I, I heard that you guys started out with just one single barrel for the whole winery. That's correct, yeah. So really, it was, like I said, we were going to 
grow vines and we were going to foster dogs and uh, I was going to continue my day job as a consultant and I was kind of going to be up. When we found out that we had to, or when we found the property that we knew we were going to have to replant, that kind of changed the schedule. So we had one harvest the, the first year we were here and then immediately ripped out all the old vines and, and started conditioning the soil to get it ready for replanting. So I was like, well, as long as we have to wait to do that, why don't I get a brand started online and, and we'll get some grapes from the neighbors and we'll, we'll make a little blend and and, and just kind of see how it goes. So, so there's a company in town that does a custom crush and, and we started out with, yeah, they had a barrel program. I was like, oh, that fits. That's perfect. It's a good place to start. And by the time we had the barrel in the barrel aging, we realized, yeah, we had close to 10,000 people on Facebook and people were asking about the wine and wanted to buy it. So, so I went to, to Bob, the winemaker there, and I was like, any way we can expand on this, right? He's like, well, we'll, we, we'll take the barrel version and we'll blend that with some non-barrel aged and, and and we'll figure it out. And we did. We went back and, and retested the blends to make sure they were as close to the original that we had as we could get with the wines that, that we had. And yeah, we ended up doing close to a thousand bottles, whatever that is, in, in cases. So wow. it was a fair amount more, probably 10 times the amount we had initially. <laughs> So that was quite a quicker start than you guys were expecting, huh? Yeah, it really was. It really was. And then we started selling it online and it was just like, wow, you know, it, it was great. And then we said, not only do we need more of this wine, we need more wines because people were trying to ask, are you going to make this? Are you going to make that? And we added the Sauvignon Blanc right away. That was and the first barrel? The, the, well, the next wine, the next addition to the wine. So the first wine, sorry, was the mixed red. And then later on, towards the end of the year, we added, I think we, we found Eric, our sparkling wine maker, and, and we did a sparkling rosé. And then we found another winemaker who had a really good Sauvignon Blanc that we did a little blending um, with that and, and came up with something unique to kind of get us through that first year <laughs> without, you know, where we wouldn't run out before Christmas. So, yeah. uh, um, and then after that, we stuck with Eric for the sparkling, but then we moved to Susie Vasquez, who does all of our uh, wines now. Shout out she to makes, Susie. She's doing great. Yeah, yeah. And she makes them uh, vegan friendly and, and, and she makes them exactly the way we want for our palates. We do all the wines. Because initially we're like, well, if we can't sell these wines, we're going to have to drink them. So that's <laughs> you better like them, huh? <laughs> that's right, yeah. But now we're a little past that, yeah. We're, we're making yeah. around 2,500 cases a year now. So. Uh, oh, that's but, wonderful, wonderful growth. Do you have a favorite now? Because you guys have about five different varieties at the moment. Do you have a go-to favorite for yourself? My favorite is always the red. I've, it's a big, bold, robust red, you know, with nice tannic structure and does well with a lot of food. Um, Laura loves the sparkling rosé. That's her favorite. Yeah, good She's, taste. She comes, her her mom's side of the family was French. So her and her sister are, are huge, sparkling. So the 
fact that we're not buying champagnes and saving us a lot of money because she really does love that sparkling rosé and that was yeah well it's good that you have a uh, a sparkling wine connoisseur on board then huh? that's right yep yep absolutely but i agree with her i'm a rosé girl myself i i always kind of gravitate toward that even outside of the summer it just i always feel like rosé is an easy go-to especially if you're just you know hanging out but you're right the red really did it goes with everything yeah, it really does but yeah, yeah the rosé is definitely it's lower in alcohol so you can get it you can sit by the pool don't worry about Enjoy getting it dehydrated and stuff like that <laughs> yeah so rescue dog wines of course we've talked about the rescue portion already a little bit but how do those partnerships work because you guys don't just work with one single rescue right you had you kind of have a rotation of different partnerships yeah yeah and we we definitely started out local so friends of of, of the lodi animal shelter here we've lived in alameda before so we partnered with the friends of the alameda animal shelter sacramento svcas just down the road most of the donation we do right now is actually in the form of wines for their fundraisers so do anything from a few bottles for an auction to provide you know as much wine as they need for a gala i'm from georgia we support the english bulldog rescue in, in in Atlanta and send them a bunch of wine for their big gala that they do every year. But yeah, a whole list. There's a one fantastic shelter in Palm Springs. They're one of the first, one of the few communities, are the first few communities because this is a trend and we hope to see it happen and we believe in no kill by 2025. They're one of the first who have no kill in their community, that's, which is awesome. fantastic goal to have because that yeah. is so heartbreaking. It really is. It really is. Because there should be no animals. It's been there's, there's just no need for it because there are plenty of people who want dogs or there are plenty of dogs that need to be owned. And that's one of the reasons we are partnered with Best Friends because they have pretty much the same end goal to have no kill by five. We will get there. If not, we'll to make it happen in, in, in other organizations. Like so. I think that is something that everyone listening can 100% get behind because <laughs> um, that is such an awesome goal to have. And that's hopefully we'll be here sooner than later. Absolutely. You know? So how do you how do you decide which organizations that you're going to partner with is it really just local based or just it it is that is really laura's role Uh, she's our chief giving officer and that is her sole focus is Mm -hmm. finding the organizations are having them find us making sure there are 501c organizations that their reputations are intact, that they're not, you know, breeders masquerading as a rescue organization, that their mission aligns with our mission. And she does a great job of that. So she spends as much time giving away on wine, wine and money as we, my sales team do selling the wines. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like you got to have a balance somewhere. So That's it's right, good. Yeah. You guys sound like you make a perfect partnership. Uh, Absolutely. She's really driving that mission for you guys and i have to say that your messaging is very clear no matter where people find you whether it's your website or social media your messaging is crystal clear so she's doing a really fantastic job with that along with partnering with your sales team because i've just been really impressed with everything that you guys have been putting out thank you so much thank you thank you we're definitely in the beginning stages and which is one of the reasons why we committed to 50 percent of our profits at the beginning before we made you know I'm one that we would, it wouldn't hurt. <laughs> so it was built into the business model and it, it has made the business model real. The dogs are a full partner in the business. That's a really important decision. What made you guys decide to just go ahead and start out implementing that from the very beginning rather than waiting to get started? Well, we had seen, I guess, similar type things where 
wineries would do one wine and they'd give, you know, an unnamed percent of proceeds. And we're like, you know, we've been lucky in life and it was time to give back and, you know, let's not mess around. Let's make them a full partner. Yeah, we, it, you know, it, it wasn't the easiest decision to make because people do do it otherwise, but it was like for our personalities and what we wanted to do, we're like, we're really doing this for the mission and, and, and not for us. So, so it's, it's bigger than us and, and we wanted to share that commitment right from the beginning. That's, that was, I mean, I can only imagine how, how good that felt to finally get started and to actually be able to contribute back like that. So I, I definitely commend you guys for doing that, from just doing that from the very beginning. And that was one of the biggest reasons why I wanted to have you guys on here and for you to be able to tell your story, because I think that is so incredibly important. For a company who has absolutely integrated their social initiative from the very beginning, um, do you have any tips for maybe business owners who haven't had a social initiative but want to start implementing that into their business? Is there anything that you've learned along the way where you're like, I wish I would have known that when it got started? Yeah, yeah. Um, I wish I'd have known about Instagram a little earlier. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I knew about Facebook, um, but also I knew that I needed someone local and younger to help. And I have had that. I've got a, our social media manager, uh, uh, Maddie Shin, took that. I did that, I guess, the first year or so. And, and then she took over and has just elevated it beyond belief. But really, if you have the messaging's right, and I would say anyone thinking about doing a cause-related business, do it and do the commitment, make it 50%, you know, it will come back to you. And that's really what drove the initial social media stuff. It was it was viral. It it it, blew, it took us by surprise, it blew us away. And like I said, we had to we had to make more wine because it took a life of its own and it kind of created its, its own community. It's awesome. That's a great problem to have. You really can't exactly. complain too much about exactly. that. Yeah. So that's that's really great to hear that you guys had such a strong start. And I think that's I think that's really great advice too. I mean, really, if you're gonna do it, just do it. You can't yep. really yep. tiptoe into something like that. You have to be a really fully committed to whatever your cause is, um, no matter if it's environmental or rescue dogs or whatever it is you want your focus to be. Um, yep. I think people really need to understand what it is that you're representing and what your focus is on. So I think that's fantastic advice. Thank you. For yeah, sharing. it really it does. It, it, and it energizes you because it makes it bigger than you. It makes it easy to get up in the morning and keep doing those things you have to do to keep the business going. As you know, it's, it's, it's bigger than yourself and your family. I 100% agree. And that is, honestly, that was the heart of starting the show in the first place, too, is sometimes with all of the media and everything happening, especially in the year 2020, <laughs> uh, that we forget that there is a lot of really great things happening. And there are a lot of businesses who are going out of their way to make the world a little bit of a better place. Yeah, they really and are. I, I think it's really important for people to know who those people are, just like res our Rescue Dog Wines. And you guys are doing a fantastic job. I can't say that enough. So thank you for that tip. I think that will be really great for any business owners who are listening who may be on the fence about wanting to implement a social initiative into yep. their business. Even if 2020 doesn't seem like the year to do it, you really <laughs> like, you know, it, like you said, it comes back to you. It does. Yeah, it so really does. If, if you're on the fence, take the dive, it will be worth it. And you will thank yourself later down the road for sure. Absolutely.
you know, it sounds like you guys, um, you and your wife who started this company together, it sounds like you guys have always kind of had that mindset of wanting to give back and wanting to do good things. For the other listeners who maybe aren't business owners or entrepreneurs who want to do something good, who want to kind of make an impact, whether it's locally or on a larger scale, do you have kind of a first step tip for those kind of people? As far as rescue, being involved in the rescue movement, there are so many great organizations out there. They always need volunteers. They always need fosters. They need people to transport animals. They need people to transport food. So there's, you know, no matter what your commitment are, even on LAR for a while, there was volunteering, just looking at applications for adoptions, right? So someone has to do that. It takes time. So whatever your skill set is, there's always a need, right? So don't be shy about going, well, I don't know if I can help. Yeah, you can. <laughs> there's what, whatever your skill set is, it can be used. And there's never enough people to help out. Yes, that has been a very common theme with what we've heard from previous guests as well is time is really a very, very important asset. So even if you don't have money to donate, donating your time is equally as important as making purchases or, you know, being able to just make outright donations. So donating your time, people always need extra hands. You really can never have enough hands. So being able to donate that time, if you can't do anything else, I think is spot on. It's something that we hear very frequently. And I don't think that people can hear it enough, really, because, you know, it's because in a lot of times, especially in times right now where a lot of people kind of feel stuck at home or they feel like they're at a loss to be able to help, um, that they kind of forget that you have extra time. So you know, donating that time to whatever it is that you want to focus on. Is, and now, is like, if you helpful. don't want to make the full commitment of adopting a dog, now is a great time to foster it. Because mm-hmm. you've got the time, the dog has the time, you know, until they find its forever home. So, it, like I said, I think we've done five or six. It breaks your heart when you have to give them away. <laughs> but, it's, but it's super rewarding as well that you know that, you know, you've helped save this dog's life. And it's found it's it's home that it's going to be happy to the end of it. Absolutely, mm-hmm. being able to foster. I I agree. I hurt my heart, but if I had the room, I would foster a hundred different dogs because fostering dogs also helps with um, reducing the kill shelter numbers. Oh right? yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. It's all about getting them out of the kill shelter, and it's a temporary measure, but it's also a good kind of climatizing them back into the real world because when they come out of the shelter many of them they're they're, they're post-traumatically stressed right they're yeah, they're lives yeah yeah totally so so they need time to kind of trust people again and, and, and ease back into the world yeah very helpful so do keep that in mind if you are a dog lover and you don't have the capability to take on a dog full-time fostering is always a great option so definitely look into that especially right now if you have some extra time at home I know a lot of people are transitioned into working from home so that will be a lot easier these days if you are I think that's a fantastic option so do you guys have any recommendations of where people can kind of search if they want to dive in into something like that? I, I mean, definitely local SBCAs are a good place to start. If you're in Northern California, like boxers, like we do, we partner with NorCal Boxer. But, but really, you know, it's just a Facebook page away to find them. And then if you don't have room for a dog, there's a huge need for cats. Most of the same organization. I, I don't know, cats don't have the glamour. 
a pill, but uh, uh, the most of them have cats, and we we have three yeah. cats in addition to our dogs. Uh, um, cats are uh, in some ways a lot easier to. Yeah, I, we're cat people here. I mean, I'm an animal animal lover in general, but because we are in a small area uh, without yardage or anything like that, we have cats, and yeah. they are um, they definitely have their own personalities. <laughs> they're not they're not as flexible as dogs. You know, they they are particular creatures. But <laughs> <laughs> they kind of care for themselves in some ways too. Yeah, they, don't, they don't need the attention often. Although we yeah. have one cat that craves attention more than our dogs. <laughs> <laughs> You never know. <laughs> you really don't. But any help, no matter you know who you're, fo- what you're fostering, um, any help is, I'm sure, appreciated across the board from any organization that you're working with. So Absolutely. thank you, thank you so very much for talking with talking about wine with us today and letting us in on on what we can expect from you guys. And we will be linking all of your information in the show notes about where you can find Rescue Dog Wines and all of the partnerships that they're working with currently. Where would be the best place to find you guys? Our website, rescuedoglines.com, is probably the easiest way to find us, or just Google Rescue Dog Wines. Great. And you guys are on social media as well, correct? Yep, yep, yep. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter and a little bit on Pinterest. as well. Great. So you'll be easy to find. Again, we'll have all of that in the show notes for you. It'll be super simple to just go through and click and find. Where is the best place for us to shop for some fantastic wine? Um, of course, this will be for our 21 <laughs> plus crowd that are listening. Yep, yep, but yep. I think that after hearing all of this today, we'll definitely want to go out and try some wine. So where's the best place to shop? Yeah. If you're in Northern California, definitely ask your local markets to order um, um, they will know some of our reps and and some of them are sitting on the fence like you do in anything new. So letting them know that this is actually something that you want or that is demand makes a difference. In New Orleans, one of the few places we're in stores, there's a few shops there. Uh, some of the, the smaller independent markets to check with them as well. And then in the rest of the country, our website is the best place to order. We ship to 40 different states. All right. Well, thank you again for being on here with me today. Cheers to Rescue Dog Wines. We really appreciate you being on here today. And we will be looking out for all of those updates and we'll be out shopping. Remember that 50% of your purchase is going to Rescue Dogs. You will not be sorry about taking a case of wine home. All right. Thank you. Thanks for listening. You can find all of the information discussed in today's episode in the show notes. Just visit snackandpatchpodcast.com. To continue the snack conversation, find the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Snack Impact Pod.